This is the Rich Eisen Show. I made a name for myself. I told you I won't be denied. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. We just got the Roku Channel its first ever sports Emmy nomination for best studio <laughs> show day. <laughs> The Rich Eisen Show. Don't sound surprised. I appreciate that. Act like you've been there before, which we have. Let's take one home this year. Today's guests, host of ESPN's First Take, Stephen A. Smith, NFL veteran and quarterback coach, John Beck, legendary comedian and author, Stephen Wright. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Ah, yes. Welcome to this edition of The Rich Eisen Show, live on the Roku channel every single day between 12 and 3 Eastern Time, this Rich Eisen Show radio affiliate smart enough to have a serious XM Odyssey. We say hello to our podcast listenership, and we thank everyone out there for their uh, fandom, for watching us, for listening to us every single day. Give us a call, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. We've got two in-studio guests, and we've got Stephen A. Smith joining us in about 18 minutes' time, and then Stephen Wright joining us in the third hour. I've never met him. I've been a fan of his pretty much since I was in high school. Um, and you know, TJ Jefferson, you're, you're going to, uh, uh, let him know later on that, you know, you as a kid back in the day, <laughs> uh, you used to like go around telling his jokes to you, all yeah, your mean, friends, I, and, uh, right? I mean, I definitely stole his material in, in fifth and sixth grade. For and sure. he's going to be joining us in hour number three. I, I guess we'll ask him if his middle initial is a, so we've got Stephen A. Wright and Stephen A. Smith <laughs> on the show. John Beck, the quarterback guru who, who has got two clients uh, of note out of his entire client list uh, for this year's draft. Their names are Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. Heard of them. And they may go in that order or the other way just to start the draft that's that goes down two weeks from tomorrow. Uh, I, I, we checked to see if his real name was Steven, um, but it's not. He's allowed to come here anyway. Middle name? Did you look at that? Uh, I don't know. John A. Beck? I don't know. We got Stephen A. Smith and then John Beck in studio. Hour number two uh, is going to be all about the NFL draft. And then uh, our third hour, Stephen Wright. The comedian, he's got a new book out and holding it up right now for our Roku channel audience. It's called Harold. Harold, it's a novel. He wrote it and uh, he's coming in to talk about it. He's a, just like you, Brockman. He's a, he's a big Boston uh, sports fan. Oh, I thought you were going to call us the other word. No, no I'm, I'm in a good mood. <laughs> Why wouldn't you be? Uh, I do call you that every single day when I'm in a good mood anyway. Uh, good to see you, Chris and DJ Mikey Diaz and D's nuts in your spot. Good morning, Richard. So, um, look. We've been talking about it. You said it yesterday, TJ. I said it a few weeks ago uh, when uh, they reconfigured their roster. Don't sleep on the Lakers. Lakers. Just that all they got to do is just get in the tournament and they can go win it all. And now they're in the tournament. When, which, by the way, got to give it up to this team that is the seventh seed going to visit the Memphis Grizzlies. This is going to be a dynamite series. It's going to be so much fun. I cannot wait to see what Shannon Sharp wears different cardigans <laughs> to, to troll anybody or I don't know if, if Stephen Adams is going to be another Stephen is going to be going at him again just like this happened in the regular season. I highly doubt that. Uh, you never know. It's going to be a great series and you've got to give it up to the Lakers. Coming into the season, everyone thought this roster was not only unworkable with a new head coach in Darvin Ham, who's never been in an HC at the NBA level before, despite his uh, playing experience, despite his backboard-breaking experience <laughs> as a collegiate, despite uh, all of his uh, time on the bench um, in Milwaukee and other places as an assistant, it, it would be too big for him. But here they are, the seventh seed. 
They are in. They're in the tournament. They took care of the Timberwolves last night, and that's the headline. That's the headline. They're in. They're going to play a seven-game series. In the first round of the NBA playoffs, there will be at least two home games in crypto, and LeBron James is back in the NBA playoffs. Anthony Davis is healthy going into this series, this bumps and bruises or whatever happened with his foot. He's still dealing with lingering effects, but he's in. That's the headline. But they're not going to go very far if they play like they played last night. It's just that simple. Yes, LeBron had a double-double. He scored 30 points. Yeah. Yes, we did see some clutch shooting from his teammates, including Dennis Schroeder with a three-point shot that seemed to have won it for the for the uh, Lakers. As Schroeder makes the wide-open three with one and change to go, and I guess this is the... the uh, uh, can you want to interpret the 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 uh, arm language that he and LeBron did at the same time? It was ice a, in their veins. Is, oh, that's thank you, sir. Right in front of the Timberwolves bench, ice in the veins. Look at those faces behind them. <laughs> right, just like, I know because he thought the game was over. <laughs> if it wasn't for Anthony Davis fouling Mike Conley by landing in his landing area, what was that? I, I you know, and I, I thought to myself, here we are, another late call. Another late call, just like we saw in the Elite Eight this year, right? Just like we saw um, in in the Super Bowl. But when somebody's jumping in the air and you land in his landing area in the NBA, as Reggie Miller said last night in the broadcast, you got to protect the players. That's it. And it's just like you slap your head. Conley goes to the line and almost misses the first. (laughs) And then calmly jams the next two and we go to overtime. Front rims it, man. And luckily for the Lakers, Anthony Edwards had one of the worst nights of his career in the biggest game of his career. Carl Anthony Towns had a terrific first three quarters. You could say the same thing about the the Timberwolves. With the exception of an Anthony Edwards jam in the first two minutes of overtime, they didn't have a field goal in the last eight minutes of action. Their only points in the last six minutes of regulation were those three free throws from Conley. They couldn't put it the ball in the net. Yes, credit the Lakers' defense, but look, if they're going to turn the ball over 20 times, that was the Celtics' bugaboo last year. They couldn't keep it below 15 turnovers. They couldn't keep it below 12 turnovers, let alone 15. You turn the ball over 20 times, you shoot, let me get this number correct, 41% from the field, and if Anthony Davis and LeBron James combine on plus-minus for minus five, that ain't happening. You're going to lose. You're going to lose. The Lakers are going to lose. They're going to lose to the Grizzlies. Minus five. LeBron was minus 14 last night. He and Davis turned it over 10 of the 20 times. Careless with the basketball. Now you could just sit here and say at least they got it out of their system and they're in and they are. And when it comes to it, they're the ones standing in the way of the brash Memphis Grizzlies from actually walking the walk. Great first round series. Uh, and then later on, Chris, we will spend a little bit more time on this and gauge your uh, level of concern with the Hawks coming to town 
with the way they played last night in Miami, surviving a 30-point game from Kyle Lowry. Yep. Where'd that come from? Uh, I know. Yeah. And by the way, Conley, how about the OG point guards last night? Yeah. Conley had a terrific game for the Timberwolves. They did what they were supposed to do. And the Hawks went into Miami and took care of business. They're going to Boston. We'll talk about that later. And we'll talk about that with Stephen A. Smith in about 20 minutes' time when the first take host joins us. But I do want to spend a little bit of time at the top of our broadcast on my buddy Adam Schefter. Fellow Michigan man. I sent him a text this morning. I'm like, hey, Adam, thank you for the content. <laughs> 15 days out from the draft, thank you for the content. But Adam talks, people listen. Same thing with my colleagues in the NFL media group. EF Schefter? But EF Schefter <laughs> said a couple of things over the last 24 hours one of which we'll discuss later on prior to John Beck strolling into the studio since John Beck, the quarterback coach and throwing guru, has both C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young as his colleagues. One of those two, according to Adam Schefter, might drop to three, if not four, in the draft because Mm -hmm. Adam says he's not sold on the Texans choosing a quarterback second overall. Hmm. What? Yeah. <laughs> hey, did I miss something? Let's put a pin in that for a second. But the one that I want to discuss, because this one hits close to home, is today he said on uh, ESPN that the Jets and the Packers are so dug in that they're willing to go through the draft without the Rodgers trade being transacted. Now, what does that mean? That means they're... The Jets get to use their draft choices. 13th overall first-round pick, which, again, I believe is off the table. And then there's the two second-round picks, the one of their own 43rd overall and the one that they got from Cleveland 42nd overall for flipping Elijah Moore to Cleveland, their wide receiver they drafted two drafts ago in the second round out of Ole Miss, who either fell out of favor or was deemed expendable, certainly with Alan Lazard being brought in free agency because Aaron Rodgers is coming. And the Jets get through the 43rd overall pick in this draft without Aaron Rodgers being on the team and with these players being taken by the Jets. And we get through Friday night, one of the players that they choose, 42nd or 43rd overall, isn't then, you know, Eli Manning for Philip Rivers style flipped, like the players actually chosen by the Jets for the Packers, like an NBA draft-style draft trade? If that guy is not then flipped to the Packers by the end of the night for Aaron Rodgers, then we're through the looking glass. Then we're through it. Then the Jets have made their draft choices this year, and the Packers have not gotten a draft choice for Rodgers this year, and that then supposedly flips the leverage back to the Packers, who have... All the way until September 1, until having to make a decision on whether Rodgers is on their roster or not. It costs them $60 million. And even the latest theory that was floated by his BFF, I do believe on the Bus and with the Boys podcast, because Bakhtiari has no scruples. He'll go on a podcast that has no motor in a bus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's day 305. Right? No, I, guess, I guess maybe my standards are too high. That's one way to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> But I think he told I t- think he told the boys that it's possible the Packers would just pay off Rodgers to stay home. 
here's your money, Aaron. We didn't feel like we were getting the proper respect from the Jets or enough for you from the Jets that we'll just eat your salary and send you home. We'll quiche on you for the entire season. We'll just we'll just pay you off. Wow. And that fits in with the theory of Adam saying the Packers are dug in to the point where they'll let the Jets choose the draft choices and run the risk of Rodgers showing up to their mandatory minicamp, which, by the way, for those who are interested or scoring at home, June 13th through the 15th. That's the mandatory minicamp. There are some other dates, including next week's off-season workout program that begins for all teams, and then there are some dates in May and June that are not mandatory. But Rodgers under contract would be mandatory to show up 13th through the 15th, and obviously, what is he, going to get fined if he doesn't show up? We just say this, that would be madness if the Packers do that madness for what on principle when every Packer fan I speak to and you could call this show at 844-204-RICH number to dial and say I'm not like the Packers fans that you know in your life or speak to they're all they love Rodgers they've loved Rodgers they will love Rodgers and cheer him on when he returns to Lambeau Field when they all come back together a la Favre and the Packers they loved him love him for what he did but it's time they would like him gone they're enough with everything that's gone on and they are happy to send him to the Jets Go, you take him is what they've told me you take him so the Packers are doing this on principle for what Rodgers is worth to them and again I don't know if the Jets are saying something to them that they feel is so insulting that they have to walk away from the table I have not heard that that is the case. But would they really be willing to just let Rodgers rot for the spring and the summer? Because Rodgers is staying quiet for the moment. We have not seen him on our buddy Pat's show for a while. I would proffer to say that would end lickety split. This thing goes through the draft. That he's not going to, or he could keep quiet and invite Alan Lazard out to wherever he is and invite Garrett Wilson out to wherever he is. And I'm just hanging out with friends. These are my friends. I'm just, you know, running routes with my friends. I'm staying in, in shape with my friends who just happen to be guys that I've said publicly I intend to play with this fall. <laughs> and then maybe he shows up in June or May. Just wanted to see what my locker looks like. Just needed to get my RFK Junior for President t-shirt out of my locker. Oh, wow. You know, honestly, like, <laughs> this is what I'm going to do? Just show up. Let me talk about some things that's on my mind, Green Bay. Seriously. There's a lot that comes with Rodgers that can be sent off to New York. And as a Jet fan... Send me the Rodgers who's won the MVPs with a big-ass chip on his shoulder who wants to win one more time or multiple times or turn into Brady and play till he's 45 because he's so good at football still. Fine with me. 
take the bridge that they're apparently building as a bridge quarterback for Rodgers to Zach Wilson and blow it up. Stick around. It's not a single Jet fan. Jet fans are nervous that this doesn't happen and Zach Wilson is the one who has to go into the crucible of this playing season against the AFC East and against the AFC West and against the Philadelphia Eagles and the NFC East and the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, that sounds like another lost season. But are you going to give up a first-round choice? You're going to flip all this stuff because you're nervous over this sort of thing? Joe Douglas is not going to do that. So let's play chicken. Let's play it. Because at the end of the chicken day, at the end of the chicken day, one team owes one guy who doesn't want to play for them anymore, and we all know they don't want to have him play for them again. They owe him $60 million bucks in the neighborhood. Pretty respectable neighborhood, to use the midnight run phrase. Pay that man his money. Or the other option is the other team is ready-made to win a Super Bowl and has built the roster for the first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback who can win them a Super Bowl, and they hand that team off to the third-year guy who has done nothing but soil the bed in his tenure in the first two years. That's the game of chicken. I can, I still, I, I would, I will be stunned if we go through the draft weekend and the Packers let the Jets use all their draft choices and none of them wind up in their quiver. None of them wind up in their world as a player for Aaron Rodgers. That would be a shocker to me, but crazier things have happened. And right now, maybe we're in that one last week where let's let everybody know we're willing to just stare into the abyss together and just jump like the Jets are Thelma and the Packers are Louise, <laughs> and we're going to jam that gas and go straight off. <laughs> and just to be clear, this is a completely different game of chicken than Garoppolo's playing Thank in Vegas, you very right? That's what I was okay. too, Rich. Okay. Okay. I just want to make right, sure. Guys, I'm just, right. just got to clarify Enjoy. That. Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy it. Enjoy what you're enjoying. <laughs> Let's take a break. Stephen A. Smith on the NBA playing games we saw last night. The two games that's on ESPN this evening and the 9-10 games. What it means also for the Grizzlies and now the Celtics who know it's the Lakers and the Hawks coming to visit. That's next. This is the Emmy-nominated Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed 
Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The sleep number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show radio network as well, Stephen A. Smith from ESPN joining us back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How you doing, Stephen A.? What's going on, Rich? How are you, buddy? How's everything? I am fine. Um, Zion Williamson saying he'll f- come back when he feels like Zion. What was your opinion of that this morning and right now, Stephen? Uh, uh, for the most part, disappointed. And excuse me, I'm a little under the weather today, suffering from a little case of laryngitis, so forgive me if okay. I sound weird. But, you sound great. You sound great um, to me. <clears throat> what, I would, what I would tell you is, is that I wasn't happy with what I heard him say. He, he's got to understand something. People are not questioning that. You know what? That whether or not he wants to play—that's not the question mark about Zion. The issue with Zion is that people are looking at him and saying, "You've missed 169 games in your career thus far. You missed all of last season. Only played 29 games this year. Only played 24 games your first season in the NBA. What are you doing to take care of yourself so you can play?" We have no doubt that they want that he wants to play, but there's a difference between getting ready and staying ready. And you have, and you always know who the superstars truly, truly are: the Michael Jordans, the Kobe Bryant's, the LeBron James, and others, because they stay ready. They're in condition. They they've exhausted themselves, making sure that they maximized every everything that they possibly could in order to ensure that they're ready to go when called upon. When you have those questions about others, that's bad enough. But when it's from a guy as young as Zion, that's what Zion needs to recognize. People are not questioning whether or not he wants to play basketball. They're questioning what is his commitment to putting in the work necessary Mm. to make sure he's ready to play. That's the issue with him, and it's valid because the fact is we've seen nothing from him that gives a reason for us not to question it. Well, I mean, and, and personally, I, I would just think that if the Zion that we know, uh, or certainly from Duke or have seen when he's healthy, shows up, this isn't a nine seed playing, you know, for the for the right to, to go to Minnesota tonight. This is a team that might even already have their playoff spot secured. I love the roster. I love Ingram. I love I McCollum. Believe- you know, I love what they've I got there. When you, look, when, when you look at David Griffin, who came over from Cleveland, and the job that he has done, it is undeniable. When you look at the New Orleans Pelicans, there is no question that if Zion Williamson was in that lineup, somebody who can average 26 and 7 a night with ease, with his power, his veracity, etc. cetera, um, and you look at the rest of their roster, I think that they easily would be a top three seed oh, yeah. in the Western Conference 
and literally in position where we're talking about them as a potential champion. And I don't know if Zion even realizes what people are saying. He's costing them a championship. Because if you haven't maximized um, every means possible to make sure that you're on the basketball court, then you're impeding their ability to succeed to their highest level. And their highest level with Zion is potentially Western Conference champion. And the Thunder visiting the Pelicans is the back end of the double dip tonight as part of the play-in tournament. Bulls and Raptors for the right to go and visit Miami to take on Milwaukee. And then Pelicans and Thunder for the right to go visit Minnesota to take on Denver. All that is on the worldwide leader in sports, the great Stephen A. Smith, joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show. Well, let's talk about the Lakers last night. What do you make of that win? Uh, You know, the headline is they're the seventh seed. They made it. They made the NBA playoff field of eight in the Western Conference with a roster that at the beginning of the season was beyond questionable. They made it, but the manner in which they did Give you pause a little bit, Stephen, about a long run or no? Well, it did give me cause to pause because I didn't like the way they shot the basketball. Um, and to me, they're going to have to – the Lakers can make a run, but they're going to have to have their A game to do it. And they're going to have to not require so much from LeBron and Anthony Davis. You're going to have to get help from that supporting cast. D'Angelo Russell would have to play significantly better than he played last night in order for them to achieve some things. So would Beasley, uh, so would Vanderbilt to a lesser degree. You just need guys like that. Uh, Schrader played an exceptional game. Certainly you need him coming off the bench. Thank God you had him the way D'Angelo Russell was playing. And so I think that when you look at it from that standpoint, think about Anthony Davis making that, you know, brain fog error where he he fouled Mike Conley and gave him three uh, free throws, which Conley made to send the game into overtime after Schrader had made a three-pointer with, you know, like 1.4 seconds left. You don't need that extra time with other people. might not be a big deal, but it's a big deal with the Lakers. In the case of LeBron James, because he's 38, going on 39 at the end of this year, and he doesn't need extra mileage on his legs. And in the case of Anthony Davis, it's because you never know when, when, when he's going to get hurt. Every minute that he's on the court, you're holding your breath that an injury won't occur. And so I think that you have to look at it from that perspective and say it wasn't that impressive. They got it done against the team that is the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, that, that, that is rife with idiocy throughout the last couple of years with the stupid mistakes that they've made time and time and time again. Rudy Gobert being suspended for last night's game because he punched his teammate Anderson in the chest. And, you know, McDaniel breaking his hand, your defensive ace for you that would have been on the court defending against LeBron James and others. He can't play because he punches a wall on the last game of the season, (laughs) knowing that a playing game was coming a couple of days. I mean, you can't make this kind of stupidity up, but that's what has happened in Minnesota. Uh, But now it's a different breed. It's it's, it's Memphis, and Memphis is going to bring an entirely different challenge to the table. So I, I love what you said the other day about Minnesota. Was the phrase you used like a flagrant level of idiocy or something like that? I mean, it was mm-hmm. it, it it did it did uh, yeah. encapsulize what happened in Minnesota on Sunday perfectly. And boy, they could have used Gobert last night. That's for damn sure. Both of those guys, they could have used them in Los Angeles last I night. So. I, I think so. Remember, Anthony Davis doesn't grab as many rebounds. He That's doesn't right. control the paint the way that he did so easily. If he had to contend with Gobert. But he didn't have to worry about that because Gobert got himself suspended. And so, again, 
you got to look at that and wonder about Minnesota sometimes and whether they got all their screws uh, tightened, you know, together because it doesn't make any sense, some of the mistakes that you've seen them make. And they still almost won if Anthony Edwards shows up and plays a better game rather than wetting the bed the way that he did. They won that game last night. So, again, I wasn't ultra-impressed with L.A., uh, but they got there to the seventh seed and with Steven Adams and Brandon Clark, their two big boys, out for the rest of the season. Uh, Memphis is definitely compromised in the paint. It's going to put a lot extra pressure on Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, he's averaging three blocks a game this season. We know what he can bring to the table, but we also know he's prone to getting into foul trouble. But one of my favorites. The Lakers got to attack him. One of my favorites in the whole industry, Stephen A. Smith, first take host, No Mercy podcast host, straight shooter is uh, his bestseller that's out there right now, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. So uh, tell me what you think of the – I mean, the Mavericks have to earn the right to be the most disappointing team of the entire season uh, from the way that they came in to the trade that they made and the way it all worked out and the way that the season ended. Uh, if, let's just say, the NBA investigation into it would call you as a witness, as a character witness as to what happened, what would you say about the Mavericks, Stephen? Well, first of all, there's no way in hell I'd be called in as a character witness because they'd all be convicted. So they, they wouldn't stand a chance. <clears throat> they wouldn't stand a chance. And that and that goes from the top or down. Um, I'm very fond of Mark Cuban, but the fact of the matter is you had an opportunity to pay Jalen Brunson $56 million. You didn't want to keep him despite how he performed in the playoffs against Utah in that first-round series when Luka Doncic got hurt, despite how he performed in the second-round series against Phoenix and showing you he could have been that supplementary part. But because you let him get out the door, you walked into this season without him, didn't really get anything in return. And as a result, even though you were three games over 500 and you were a top five seed in the Western Conference, you knew it wasn't going to be enough. You weren't satisfied. You were listening to Luka Doncic complain about having to carry a load whenever he went to the bench, the team would wet the bed. So you went out there and you got a guy that you can give the ball to in the fourth quarter with Kyrie Irving. But what you sacrificed were two bigger bodies that were clearly better defenders in Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie. Because of that, you had no defense worth speaking of. You couldn't stop a cold. And as a result, you ended up losing more games than you won. And because of that, you missed the playing. And so when you look at it from that perspective, and they don't have any draft collateral, they don't have mm. a bunch of players to trade or anything like that, they're in a really, really tight spot, almost to the point where they're damn near at the mercy of Kyrie Irving who many, many teams were looking to say, hey, we don't want any parts of him because of the headaches that he causes off the court. That's the position that the Dallas Mavericks have put themselves in, so much so that the last game of the regular season, Kyrie Irving didn't even show up for exit interviews. And so when you look at it from that perspective, mm. if you're the Dallas Mavericks, you're incredibly concerned because you don't know which Kyrie you're going to get. You know when he gets on the court, he is sensational. He's going to do big things. There is no doubt about that. The problem, however, is how often is he going to be on the court for you? Because when he went to Dallas, he still missed games. He missed about five games before they sat him down for the last three or so games of the season. Only played in 20 games for them. And you're looking at Luka, he actually got bigger as the season progressed, which is something we never see before, which gives me an indication that there's stuff that's non-basketball related that's affecting him because I've never seen a guy that steps out on the court and is performing at an elite level, and, and they seem to be in better shape at the beginning of the season mm. than they are as the season progresses, and they're on the court playing. makes no sense whatsoever. 
All right, last one for you, Stephen A. Uh, if you could just uh, weave it all together, as only you can. Uh, tell me who's in the conference finals uh, and then uh, advances, and then who hoists the MVP trophy when it's uh, awarded during this entire process as we go through it. I'm inclined. Listen, I know a lot of people focused on Milwaukee. I like Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee will be in the conference finals against the Boston Celtics, who I think will beat the 76ers. In the second round, I just think that the, 70, the Boston Celtics have the 76ers number. I hope I'm wrong because I love me some Joel Embiid. He's mm-hmm. my MVP. Uh, but is. nevertheless, Boston has always had Philadelphia's number, with the exception of that last game when Embiid needed to drop 52 points, which was half of the Sixers' points in order to beat Boston, who didn't play Jalen Brown that particular day. I'd pick Boston to win that series. They'd meet Milwaukee in the conference finals. Most people would pick Milwaukee to beat Boston. I don't blame them, but I have to see Milwaukee beat Boston to believe it. I just believe in Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, the acquisition of Malcolm Brogdon, I think is a big lift. And as long as Robert Williams is healthy and in the lineup to provide some some defense on that front line, I think Boston is the way to go. Out West, I know Denver's the number one seed. I know about that altitude in the Mile High City. I get all of that. I see LeBron in the playoffs. I know what Memphis can do. But damn it, it's Kevin Durant and Devin Booker on the same team. <laughs> And I'm hard-pressed to believe that somebody in the Western Conference, the Wild Wild West this year, is going to knock one of them off. I have to see that to believe it. Um, and until further notice, I've got Boston meeting Phoenix in the NBA Finals, although I would love to be wrong and have it be, and have it be uh, Phoenix versus Philly. Mm-hmm. I would love that. I just don't see that happening right now because I don't see Philly beating Boston in a seven-game series. Stephen A., you're the man. Uh, battling laryngitis is no joke, certainly when you got two games to, to be part of tonight and then a whole NBA uh, playoffs to do with first take. I really appreciate you uh, making the call today and helping out. And, uh, oh. you know, you're the best. You're the best. Thank Always, you. my brother. You take care. Right back All at right. you. Hot, hot, hot lemon with tea and honey, Stephen A. That's the way to go. Exactly what I'm drinking. That's exactly what I'm drinking. Look at us. Look at us. (laughs) Thanks again, Stephen A. You take care of yourself. That's Stephen A. Smith, everybody, right here. The one and only. Hot uh, hot tea with lemon and honey. That's the winner. That'll do it. He's like Embiid. Well, look. I know everyone's like, he's got a Philly bias because that's where he he did his print work Mm -hmm. for all those years. He's got Embiid. Sixers' sons would be lit. No offense to you, Chris. Untaken. Well, he doesn't have a Philly bias because he said we can't beat Boston. So there, go, there goes that. He knows. That's, well, he that's knows. what you said. He knows. That's what you said earlier. Man. He, he's seen it time and time again. I know. And with all due respect, oh, so when I'm going to be disrespectful, to uh, Milwaukee, um, Doc versus the Celtics. Let's go. That, that, to me, is the jewel of the Eastern Conference final playoffs. I mean, the Eastern Con- yeah. Or the Eastern Conference playoffs, period. That's the jewel matchup. If and that's could, in the semifinal, unfortunately. But Yeah, we might get a, a kid on this later, but the potential second round, if we can just look ahead, the potential second round of Lakers, Warriors, Suns, Nuggets, Celtics, Sixers, Bucks, Cavs, or Knicks, I think both matchup is great. Right. It's just unbelievable. Well, like the greatest second round in NBA history. You're saying Lakers move on. Warriors move on. Correct. Suns move on. Correct. Nuggets move on. Yes. You say Bucks move on. Sixers, Celtics move on. 
And then and it doesn't take, matter. Fill in the blank either Fill way. Cleveland, Cleveland, Cleveland's got Donovan Mitchell, and you know the Cavs are back post LeBron. Evan Mobley, right? And then the some Knicks really have, talented players that a lot of the country don't know. Exactly. And then you got Madison Square Garden, all that. Greatest second round ever. Just someone's looking gonna, ahead. Someone's going to crash the party. Absolutely. Looking two weeks down the road. That's not going to happen. Lakers aren't going to win. Oh, yeah? You don't think the NBA wants Lakers-Warriors second round? This guy. With this I mean, if that were the business. case, then why would they call that foul on Anthony Davis Well, Scott Foster night? wasn't doing the game. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> this so guy. This because guy you would assume there. if they wanted that, there's yeah, no way that, you foul, that whistle, whistle would have been swallowed your whistle. with point one second left. Just to get so, the Lakers through. I didn't see Scott Foster on the floor last night. That guy's the closer. He does whatever the league wants. <laughs> and the league nuts. wants Lakers-Warriors in the second round. Seven games. Lakers-Warriors would be in the second round? Yeah. The, they don't reseed. NBA doesn't reseed. It's bracket style. Come on. So we're getting Lakers-Warriors second round. That's not fair to that. That's, fair to who? It's, it's that's gonna not be amazing. Fair. That's just not fair. What's not fair? It, it's it's not fair. I mean, the, fair the, to who? the Nuggets. The Nuggets should get the lowest seeded team, no matter well, what. They are getting the lowest seeded team. They're getting the eighth seed. And then we play as a they go along. So you think the NCAA tournament should reseed? Oh, stop! We have this argument every year. Thing. The NFL reseeds. Yeah, it's recedes. not a problem. Sorry, I mean, this time. reseeding thing caused the biggest fight in my fantasy football league of all time. They don't have to reseed. The NFL Come chooses on. to do it. But it's because it's way best. Better. This is way better. No, it's not. Reseeding's better. For who? The NCAA tournament, you can't reseed because there's a logistical problem. In the NFL, you've got a week. Oh, yeah. You've oh, got a week to adjust. Athletes have uh, no, 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 work no. to do. No, you just can't go from one re- east region to west region What's just because the of the seed. What's the difference from flying from the L.A. to Boston? What's the difference? Because they're professional players, and you, and so you can't go. So are college kids. Uh, <laughs> no, they're not. Did you watch these tournaments? They're not It's the best way to go in professional sports. The Nuggets had the best record in the conference. They should face the lowest seed at every possible level. And the second seed should receive the same respect as well. This whole business of, you know, uh, that's the way it is, and we're going with a Mm -hmm. bracket. I guess we're used to brackets when it comes to basketball. Brackets way better. Uh, Professional sports, reseed it. Would I you mean, feel that way if the Celtics were the f- number one seed? What do you mean, what's, what's the difference? Differences instead of playing Honestly, uh, so the, a higher ranked team, you get right. the lower ranked team. I'm very happy playing the Hawks. So you're saying, look, the, you, would, you would counsel the Kings and the Grizzlies to have their heads on a swivel. Yes. Entering the playoffs. There are bad referee. The refereeing has been especially bad in the NBA this year. I would look out for some certain individuals refereeing their games. Now, it, where I'll bite on this. Just I'll I'll dedicate another ninety seconds to the subject. Okay. Where does this conversation take place in your in your Donaghy gambling addled mind? You use where those, does it? You use those words. Okay, very not, good. Not me. Okay. Among the officials. The, and it's when do they a, when do they meet? And it's when do they meet? A, Is it on the phone? Well, is it, it's a, on, is the that phone. on WhatsApp? Well, so we can't, we can't, we can't, 
WhatsApp, we can't WhatsApp, track it. WhatsApp can't be tracked. So correct. Is that what I it like, is? Like, like how, does this, how does this work? Well, Rich, does the league does the league ever? Try, and then I will let you talk. Does the league ever put their thumb on the scale and tell them that? Well, possible deniability. Who knows? Who knows that the league wants the Warriors and the Lakers? And who in the league is the one who tells somebody in the referee that then gets into a game? Everyone knows. It's just known. <laughs> You know, like a certain things like, oh, hey, uh, how do you know the ice is okay to walk on? I just know. Everyone just knows. And it's, it's kind of a wink, wink. And then you go to the payphone and you talk for 30 seconds because you're just killing time. So then, you do it over 100 and 200 times. So the, war, the Kings and the Grizzlies have head got... On, head on a swivel. Head on make, a swivel. It makes it sound like there's a bunch of Clarence Beaks... Sitting around There's there, making a crop report. Yeah, making phone a, calls. That's at what I'm saying. Calls. Everybody's like, oh, everyone the knows. <laughs> it's the same thing with the NFL. The NFL wants a certain thing. The NFL wants this. Like, when? when how does it get communicated? Let me tell you. Like, what, what's not, the chain of there's communication? Not, there's not one rogue referee. Nobody, nobody like can ever say made that. Us try to think back in the day. That's why I mentioned his name earlier. You're like, you're because I I know this is what's well, coloring the one, the your one, thoughts. The one man in charge is no longer with us, but you don't think the the, the manifold got passed down. I'm telling you, Lakers Warriors second round. Just book it. Book it, he says. <laughs> All due respect to King, Kings Grizz. Great seasons. It's over for you. So you're saying, look out, Darren Fox for that second that second foul around yeah. the four minute mark of quarter one, some sometime against the Warriors. Dylan Brooks mystery technicals. Mystery just technicals. Get, like he doesn't need it. He's got his head on the mic. Just get ready. Okay. And then I'm going to play back this clip in two weeks. Let's take a break. Let's take a break here on the Rich Eisen Show. Oh, yeah. John Beck is about to join us. He's got C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young as clients. And there's the latest report or an idea that one of them might not be in Houston after all. Well, Beck already knows. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show. I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by back here on the Rich Eisen Show radio network. Thanks to the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger right here. So we talked at the top of our show about one item that Adam Schefter dropped on ESPN that I thanked him for in a text prior to the show saying thank you for the, for the content. Where he said uh, the Jets and the Packers are dug in and Packers are certainly willing to go through the draft without making this trade. My two words are, yeah, right. But the Packers are the Packers. Never know. Can't tell. Who knows? 
The other item, Adam Schefter said it involved the Houston Texans. Now, I will never forget, which draft was Mario Williams' first overall? Was that 05? No, it could have been. Was it 06? I think it was was our first draft. Would you look that up? The Texans had the first overall pick. Adam Schefter comes into Radio City Music Hall. If it was 06, it was our first draft. It was was 06. Man, it was our first draft at at, at, at at the site. You know, we had covered drafts from Los Angeles yep. studio, but it was the first time we ever did it from the side of the draft, full writ large, pick one, pick last. And Schefter's like, by the way, the first pick is not going to be Reggie Bush. It's going to be Mario Williams. And we're like, what? Well, this would be akin to that. Not the first overall pick, but the Texans have the second overall pick. Thanks to Lovey Smith. And um, he said he he's not sold on the notion that the – Texans are going to take a quarterback. If that happens, oh my goodness, then you know who would love that? The Arizona Cardinals would love that. Who wants C.J. Stroud? Because you know the Colts will take him. Who wants Bryce Young? Because you know the Colts will take him. Oh, my gosh, would the Arizona Cardinals love for Nick Casario and the Texans to take Will Anderson or whoever else they love that's not a quarterback. I think it would be Will Anderson. That's the guy that everybody is focused on as the top non-quarterback to go off the board in the draft. Certainly not Jalen Carter anymore, one would think. Although I guess you can't say anything with certainty anymore if the Texans do, in fact bust up the notion that the first two picks in this draft will be Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud or C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, depending on who the Panthers like. And right now you say that the uh, town where Mo Green has no plaque or a signpost in his honor or memory where next year's Super Bowl is taking place, Chris, you say the that town believes it's Bryce Young again is the number one overall pick right now, right? Yeah, the odds have flipped. Uh, Bryce Young about minus 270 right now. C.J. Stroud now 2-1. to one. Because Bryce Young just left Carolina. Yeah. And so maybe that's what somebody's thinking. They just, he, just, he just was there, and they're hearing, oh, they love him. But when the Panthers made the trade up to number one, suddenly the odds flipped. Bryce Young was a big favorite, and then C.J. Stroud Because well, everyone was. thought it was C.J. Stroud. Certainly when now, uh, Josh McCown told him, you know, when you get a place in Charlotte, right. let me know. Something along those lines, right? My real estate guy. So then what would the Texans' plan at quarterback be? Choose somebody top of the second round? Stick with Davis Mills? Call up, call up, or Nick calls up his uh, his old friend Bill and says, uh, "Is Mac Jones available?" D'Amico Ryan's new head coach. He was chosen in that 06 draft by the Houston Texans when they took Mario Williams instead of Reggie Bush and zigged when the rest of every other human being on the planet thought they were zagging with Reggie Bush. Could you know who be? else was in that draft? Mercedes Lewis. He's still playing. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Wow. I don't. I don't know what the Texans are thinking. If they're what? What are they thinking? So we might not choose a quarterback. 
you know the Cardinals will trade the pick, so you might as well come and trade with us? Like, what What would it be? Like, they would actually pass on choosing a quarterback at the top of the draft. I mean, the, the general sense is you choose one when you need one, and you choose one when you might need one in a couple of years because you don't expect to choose this high anymore because you're going to build such a juggernaut, which is why Pete Carroll said earlier this year, on this show earlier last month that, hey, we're looking at all quarterbacks, even though we just re-signed Geno Smith, because we don't intend to choose this high anymore sitting there at five. But if the Texans go on the clock and the name Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud doesn't come out of their mouth based on what the Panthers just did, then it's on like the proverbial Donkey Kong, and Arizona will be just like, who's coming with me? Dude. You know, and Adam, again, does it, why put this information out there? And I'm not saying that Adam is being used as a tool, but we, because we all are in the NFL. He's just saying what he's hearing. And what he may be hearing is that, you know, the Texans aren't totally sold on choosing a quarterback because they might not be completely sold on whoever is left. If it's Stroud, are they not as sold on Young? Could that be possible? If it's Young, are they not as sold on Stroud? Is that possible? And so what, like Vegas moves up and they get the seventh pick and then next year's three and a four or something, you know what I mean? Or do they love Will Anderson that much? Like, what is their thinking on that front? Because I don't know why they wouldn't go ahead and take one of these kids when you're sitting there at two and Davis Mills and is your other option to stick with it or there's no free agent that's coming through the door. Unless the Patriots have talked about Mac Jones to them. Could he be that guy? Obviously Casario has a relationship. Uh, That's these. I'm, I'm literally spitting, throwing stuff against the wall. Having heard what Adam Schefter said, fully knowing that Schefter has shocked me before about a Texans draft choice maneuver that nobody saw coming that was the first big moment in nfl network's draft coverage when adam did that in 06 john beck who coaches both stroud and young coming up 